Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's February 25th, 2020, and that means there's 10 months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're actually going to learn about one of the other holidays people are referring to when they say happy holidays, Kwanzaa. We'll also add a little Christmas flair to your lunchtime, count down the top five boy band Christmas songs, and maybe, just maybe, I'll convince you to put on a show with us here on the podcast. Okay, let's start the show! Welcome, Yule Believers! The Christmas Cave is open once again, and I, Tim Babb, am here to stuff your stocking with another earful of holiday goodness. I hope you're keeping your inner Yule log burning. I know my family and I had a little snowy fun near Lake Tahoe a few weeks back. And since we don't really have snow where we live here in California, the main thing we associate snow with is Christmas. So we built snowmen, had snowball fights, and I found out that a tree is an awful way for your sledding ride to come to an abrupt end. But besides a mildly sprained ankle, we had a lot of snowy fun that I was able to pretend was just an extension of Christmas time. But what if you can't get to the snow and you need that Christmas feeling? That's where our first segment comes in. We need a little Christmas. Now! We need a This tasty Christmas Now tip comes from the comment left by listener Jolly Jennifer, who writes, Need to make these next time Rudolph Day falls on a Saturday. Also good for I need a little Christmas now. Right you are, Jolly Jennifer. And what is she going to make this April? A.K.A. the next day the 25th of the month is on a Saturday? Why, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Sandwiches, of course. What you'll need for this one is bread, heart-shaped cookie cutter, pretzels, peanut butter, jelly, brown M&Ms, and they say red Starburst, but I say just use one of the red M&Ms. You already have a bag of M&Ms open for the brown M&Ms. Why start two candies? Don't cross the streams. Keep it simple. But you do what you want to do. See, what you do is you use the heart-shaped cookie cutter on the slices of bread to cut off the crust and leave yourself with a heart-shaped piece of bread. Then you spread the peanut butter and jelly on there like you would when you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Then you lay two pretzels down on the plate and put the sandwich on top of them so it looks like the pretzels are antlers coming out of the top of the heart. Then use the two brown M&Ms for eyes and the red one for a nose and voila, you've got yourself a Rudolph sandwich. It does feel wasteful to get rid of all that extra bread and crust though. Uh, I suppose if you're a real foodie, you could use them to make stuffing or croutons, but I'd probably just scarf them down. I put the link that Jolly Jennifer posted on our Facebook page in the show notes of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. If you try it, be sure to post it on Instagram. Because that's the main point of Instagram, right? Taking pictures of food? Anyway, if you do, be sure and tag us so we can see it. Our Instagram handle is can'twaitforchristmaspod. And now let's move on to our countdown segment, Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. 
For this list, I'm going to be counting down my favorite ways to say Merry Christmas. You see, it's a big, wide world out there, and there's lots of ways... Stop the presses! Did you just say stop the presses? I did. This is a podcast, not a newspaper. It worked, didn't it? Okay, fair point. But wait, who are you? My name is Slapper the Elf. Your name is... Slappy? The Elf. Right. From the North Pole. I kind of figured, but what brings you down to my little one-horse open podcast? The big man sent me to keep your show on track. The big man? You mean Santa? No, I mean Carl in the corporate office. He's huge, like five feet tall. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean keep my show on track? Well, sometimes you can get a little lost in the weeds and kind of stray away from the point of the show. Like wasting time talking to an elf for five minutes? Yes, like wasting time- No! I mean like not showing your listeners the proper respect. What? I have nothing but love for my wonderful listeners. Then how do you explain this message from Amy from 2017 where she asked you to talk about boy bands? I remember that letter. In fact- We read it on the show. What's the problem? Yes, you did read it on the show, didn't you? Roll to 12. (laughs) I'd love it if you could give these boy banders a mention of some sort. I'm sure I'm not the only 90s kid listening to your podcast. Thanks again and keep up the great work. Merry Christmas. Christmas tree emoji. Amy. Well, obviously I didn't get to this in time for the October show, but we will certainly revisit the idea of boy band Christmas albums in the future. 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 That's from the November 2017 episode. Okay. You have that to revisit the idea of boy band Christmas songs in a future episode. So you want me to do a top five list of boy band Christmas songs? It's not that I'll do, but poor Amy has been waiting for almost two and a half years. Fair enough, Slappy. It's time for my top five favorite boy band Christmas songs. Number five. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, in sync. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I actually discovered this one when I was looking for our danceable Christmas songs for my Kringle Radio mix last year. It's a fun song, it's very danceable, which is why I picked it for my playlist last Christmas, and it definitely has that 90s boy band feel to it. It's definitely a good song, you should give it a listen. Speaking of 90s boy band feel... Number four. This Gift, 98 Degrees. This is to this gift tonight. I'm down on my knees, there's no Slow Jam from 98 Degrees is all about that 90s boy band ballad energy. Now, this probably won't make it onto my regular rotation of Christmas songs, but if I need a shot of 90s nostalgia, this will get it done faster than a dial-up modem noise. Number three. Everyone knows the claws, Hanson. This song rocks! I have to admit it, I'd never heard Hanson's Christmas songs. Even though I'm a big fan of Mbop and This Time Around, I never really sought out the Christmas stuff. But this is a solid song that would have been great for my danceable Christmas songs list if I found out about it in time. As it is, I'm glad I have found out about it, because now it's all up in my Christmas mix. Number two. Like it's Christmas, Jonas Brothers. You make every day feel like it's Christmas. Thing on your wish list, right up at the top. 
Okay, up till now, these have been 90s boy bands, but the Jonas Brothers were not a 90s band. I'm not even sure they were born in the 90s. But when I was searching for the best Christmas songs by boy bands, this one kept popping up. So I decided to give it a listen, and it was worth a spot on this list. This is a great song. I am surprised at how many boy band songs I am finding that I'm really, truly enjoying. But speaking of boy bands that weren't from the 90s, mentions. Christmas won't be the same this year, Jackson 5. No, it won't not, darling. No, no. So I made an unofficial rule that I wouldn't put any covers on this list. So I've only picked original Christmas songs. So while this certainly isn't the most famous Jackson 5 Christmas song, I believe it's their only original. And I had to include a shout out to one of the OG boy bands, especially after I heard the talk up at the start of the song. Merry Christmas, everybody! Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Big deal. Hey, man, what's wrong with you, Jermaine? Yeah, that's no kind of attitude. This only happens once a year. Hey, fellas, I'm bugging. He and his girl just broke up. So get off his back. Can't you see there's tears in his eyes? Yeah. Yeah, he's crying. crying. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. What is going on there? It doesn't really explain the song in any way. It's just them making fun of Jermaine for crying. It's so goofy, but I find it just charming to hear the brothers banter. And now, let's move on to... Number one. It's Christmas time again, Backstreet Boys. And when the snow is falling down, down, down You'll know that Santa's back in town, town, town That's when it's Christmas time again This will make Amy happy since she is a big Backstreet Boys fan. I first discovered this song in a video of the Backstreet Boys performing it at Disneyland during one of the annual Disney Park specials. I said, Christmas and Disneyland? I'm listening. But then I heard the song and it is great! It's a perfect cross section of my favorite type of boy band sound and Christmas merriment. I'd never heard this song before I went looking for boy band Christmas songs, but I don't know why it isn't in heavier rotation over the holidays. This is a great song! Maybe there's a bias against boy band songs out there, but this isn't just a great boy band song. This is a great Christmas song, period. And that's my list. Satisfied, Slappy? I guess that'll do. Now, I should confess, I'm not exactly a boy band aficionado, so I may have left some good ones out. Like, I couldn't find one I like from New Kids on the Block. Sorry, New Kids. So, I'm counting on you to fill in the blanks. What are some boy band Christmas songs that I missed? Leave us a comment on Facebook. You'll find us under the name Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And we'll get to them before a year and a half goes by? I will do my best, especially if Amy writes in. Then I guess my work here is done for now. All right. Well, let's try to avoid another visit from Slappy and answer some listener questions in a timely fashion. It's time for feedback from our last show. Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Last episode, I talked about Christmas movies I didn't watch last season, and Steve wrote in to say, Another great episode, Tim. Thanks for the time you put into your show for us. It's always entertaining and keeps the Christmas spirit alive all year. 
I look forward to you live tweeting a Christmas movie. May I suggest something on Disney Plus? Because it would be accessible to so many of your listeners and because Disney. My pick would be The Muppet Christmas Carol, especially since you didn't watch it this season. Steve, that is a great suggestion. I had originally planned to live tweet a movie between last episode and this one, but as often happens, life got in the way. I will endeavor to do one as soon as possible, and The Muppet Christmas Carol is as good a place to start as any, especially as, like you said, it's on Disney+. Plus. Now, also in the last episode, I talked about making an apple kissing ball. It involved egg whites and sugar, which I was worried about because we have a bit of an ant issue at our house. That's where Dan comes in when he writes, For your Christmas kissing ball craft project, might I suggest instead of using egg whites and sugar, you substitute spray glue and glitter. Number one, not using eggs for glue. Just kind of gross. Number two, no sugar to attract your aunt house guests. I have relatives of your aunts at my house, too. So I completely understand you're not wanting any sugar stuff exposed. Great idea, Dan. And also, the glitter on the ball will make it kind of into an apple-kissing disco ball. Little stop that. Oh. Oh, all right. Well, now a rare bit of February Christmas news has broken, so we're going to fix it. In our next segment, All I Want for Christmas is News. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. Yeah. This story comes all the way from Down Under. In the Werribee Open Range Zoo near Victoria, Australia, there are a trio of gorillas who are just like us. They love Christmas all year long. Specifically, the Christmas tunes of Michael Buble. The caretakers play his Christmas album all year long, and the gorillas love it. Eventually, news of this reached Buble, who flew down there to sing to them live. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout, I'm telling you why. Michael Bublé is coming to your town. Apparently when they go to bed at night, sometimes they play them my Christmas music. And so I was singing to them and I had no idea what would happen. And uh, it was amazing. The reaction was amazing. Sadly, you can't see the gorilla's reaction on this podcast, but they are entertaining. So I will put a link to the video in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And now, a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Dwayne Bailey here from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast. Did you know Silent Night is the most recorded holiday song of all time? Over 137,000 times and counting. Come join us each month as I dive into Christmas music and reveal lots of interesting facts like that. Also, learn about your old favourites, as well as getting a heads up for the new music each season. We're on all the podcast networks like iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Check out our website, tinseltunes.com, for all the links as well as our socials. I look forward to seeing you all soon. So, for today's feature, we're doing something a little different. We're going to talk about Kwanzaa. Hold on a second. Kwanzaa? This is supposed to be a Christmas podcast. It's not supposed to be. It is a Christmas podcast. But Kwanzaa is a completely separate holiday. Yeah, that's right. You know, there are about 40 different observances, celebrations, and festivals that happen throughout December. Christmas may be the most popular one, but it couldn't hurt to find out more about all the other holidays that make up the holiday season. And since February is Black History Month, I thought I might as well start with Kwanzaa. I guess it makes sense to start with Black Christmas. Nope, nope, that's not what this is. Oh, right, the candles. Sorry, I meant Black Hanukkah. No, no, no. 
It's not that either. See, there are a lot of misconceptions about Kwanzaa. So let's learn more about Christmas's next door neighbor, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa! Kwanzaa is celebrated from December 26th to January 1st each year. And unlike Christmas, it's not a religious holiday. It's a cultural celebration. It might be one of the newest holidays we celebrate in December. Now, full disclosure, I haven't done much research on the other December holidays to back that statement up, but it was only started in 1966. It's such a young holiday that the man who invented it is still alive. Dr. Melina Karinga was an activist for African-American rights in the 1960s and part of the Black Panthers. And let me be clear... Dr. Karinga was no saint. He has a very troubling legal history and has said some things about Christianity that many people would find deeply offensive. But the celebration of Kwanzaa goes beyond the man who originated it. And I think we can view Kwanzaa on its own terms, which is what I'm attempting to do here. But since the origins of Kwanzaa cannot be separated from Dr. Karinga, he will feature prominently throughout this discussion. But this is neither to venerate nor vilify him. He's just a key part of the Kwanzaa origin story. See, Dr. Karinga created Kwanzaa to be the first pan-African holiday. Dr. Karinga has said that his goal was to give blacks an alternative to the existing holiday and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and their history rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society. In the beginning, Dr. Karinga's intent was for Kwanzaa to replace Christmas in the African-American community. He considered Christianity a white religion and thought black people shouldn't ascribe to it. But his views seem to have changed since then. He has since said that the holiday is not meant to replace one's religious celebrations, but to supplement them. So Kwanzaa is not about any one religion. It's about African-American culture, community, and the values that trace back to the African continent. And the holiday isn't focused on any one particular African country. It's meant to invoke the many harvest festivals across the continent. In fact, the name Kwanzaa comes from the Swahili phrase Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, meaning the first fruits of the harvest. However, the word Kwanzaa in that phrase ends with only one A. Dr. Karinga added an extra A on the end of Kwanzaa for this celebration, so there was seven letters in the word, one for each night of the celebration. The celebration lasts seven nights because each night focuses on one of what are called the Nguza Saba, the seven principles, which Dr. Karinga says are the values that stress and strengthen family, community, and culture. The seven values are signified by lighting seven candles or kinara. This is where the holiday can get confused or conflated with Hanukkah, but these candles are black, red, and green. The black candle in the center signifies the black people. The three red candles signify the blood of the black people, and the green candles signify the earth. Now, I'm about to read the seven values that are celebrated in Kwanzaa. For longtime listeners of the podcast, these are in Swahili, so you know I'm about to trip over my tongue a lot. Apologies in advance. So the first night is Umoja, or unity, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. The second night is Kuji Shagulia, or self-determination, to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. The third night is Ujima, collective work and responsibility, to build and maintain our community together and make our brothers and sisters' problems our problems and to solve them together. The fourth night is Ujama cooperative economics, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together. The fifth night is Nia, purpose, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. The sixth night is Kumba, creativity, to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than when we inherited it. 
And the final night of Kwanzaa is Imani, or faith, to believe with all our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and in the righteousness and victory of our struggle. People who celebrate Kwanzaa also celebrate with feasts, which are called Karamu. Uh, There's music, dance, poetry, narratives, and they end the holiday with a day dedicated to reflection and recommitment to the seven principles and other central cultural values. Children are also given an educational gift at the end of Kwanzaa. I read somewhere that Kwanzaa was placed in between Christmas and New Year's to take advantage of post-Christmas sales. I don't know if that's true, but it's super clever if it is. Now, Full disclosure, despite being half black myself, I have never once celebrated Kwanzaa. To my knowledge, my dad never did either. Before I sat down to do research for this episode, I clearly didn't have a clue what Kwanzaa was. I thought Kwanzaa was an existing harvest celebration in Africa that was brought over to the United States. I had no idea it was something so new that it came into being the same year Star Trek premiered on CBS. So I know 18 million people celebrate this, but I thought it was worth exploring for the rest of us who don't. Now, I'm taking it for granted that you don't celebrate this holiday, but maybe you do. And if you do, I'd love for you to share your perspective of Kwanzaa from the point of view from someone who celebrates it rather than someone who researches it. Then, of course, I'm sure there are people listening to this thinking, I'm not black. Should I even celebrate Kwanzaa? Which I was curious of myself. I mean, there are plenty of non-Christians who celebrate Christmas. Is this analogous? The seven principles are certainly relevant to all people regardless of ethnicity. So I did some Googling, and what I saw was a lot of people encouraging people of other races to celebrate so long as you don't take ownership of the celebration. It's a fine line between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation. They recommend you celebrate either in private or at an event that you are invited to. But as Dr. Linda Humes put it in an interview with Inside Edition, Those are seven principles that everyone can use to have a better life. It doesn't matter if you're African American. It doesn't matter where you're from. These seven principles will help you to be a better human being and also help to make the world a better place. So while Kwanzaa may have originated as a replacement for Christmas, it certainly shares the same heart of being with family and celebrating and uplifting each other and trying to be the best people we can be, not only during this season, but all year long. And in that respect, Kwanzaa is a pretty great neighbor for Christmas to have. totally worth it. I suppose. But are you going to move on to Arbor Day now, or can we get some Christmas in this Christmas podcast? Cool your elf shoes, Slappy. It's time for our musical challenge feature, Who Sang It Best? Last time, it was Elvis versus Nat King Cole singing the classic song, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. And let me tell you, this was a close one. As Janelle put it on Facebook, did anyone else really struggle with Who Sang It Best? I just can't decide. I love them both! It was four exclamation points, so I felt I needed to yell that. Clearly, the crowd was divided on this because the vote was a very narrow 53% to 47% in favor of Nat King Cole. Elvis may be the king of rock and roll, but Nat King Cole is the king of Christmas. Or at least the mayor of Bethlehem. Okay, this analogy is falling apart. Let's move on to our last segment. So last time I talked about how we're actually going to put on a show this year, and I'm going to need your help. There's going to be several chances for you to lend your voice to this little audio drama. Yes, quotation fingers there. I don't know how much drama there'll actually be. And don't worry, there are no small parts. Only small pay. Very small. Okay, there's no pay. 
And any voice work you submit becomes the property of the podcast. So if you don't want to hear your voice on the show, definitely don't send it in. But if you are interested, I've got the audio equivalent of a screen test for you. It's based on an old acting exercise that I used to do when I was delusional enough to think that I would be an actor someday. You see, for an actor, the words on the page are the bones upon which the body of your performance is built. But even though we all have basically the same bones, the meat and muscle and skin and other anatomy stuff that I don't really know about is what makes us all unique. So I'm going to have you use the same set of bones to build multiple bodies. Ah, jeez, this is getting a little gross. Is this a Halloween podcast now? I'm sorry, the metaphor is getting away from me, but here's all I'm saying. You have one line, but I want you to say it in as many different ways as you can think of. The line is, hey, welcome to the Christmas party. So glad you could drop by. That's a simple line, right? But I want you to get creative with it. The most obvious delivery might not be the best one. So I want you to give me five different versions of the line. Maybe the person you're talking to, you didn't want to see at the party. Maybe you really wanted to see them at the party because you're in love with them. Maybe you're suspicious of them. Maybe you're afraid of them. Maybe you're just being sarcastic at them. You decide how to do it, but give me at least five different readings, no more than ten though, and send them to christmas at tancast.com. Again, the line is, hey, welcome to the Christmas party, so glad you could drop by, and you're sending at least five interpretations of that line to christmas at tancast.com. Just to be safe, I'll post the line on Twitter, Facebook, uh, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. Maybe I'll even post it on Instagram. Who knows? And then just send them in again to christmas at tancast.com. And then join us next month when I announce what the story will be about. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Is it going to be about Christmas? Well, of course it's going to be about Christmas. Thank goodness. Well, anyway, that's our show for today. Enjoy the rest of your winter because it will be spring when next we talk. Unless you live in the Southern Hemisphere, in which case, enjoy the rest of your summer, because it will be autumn when next we talk. Either way, I look forward to seeing your Rudolph sandwiches on Instagram, listening to your favorite boy band Christmas songs via the links you send on Facebook, and checking out your auditions that you'll be sending to where? ChristmasAtTanCast.com Christmas at TanCast.com But no matter what, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, you will believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2020. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. 
No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! That's right, Tim Bab, the not-be-able-to-pronounce-things king, decided... Why did I do an entire feature that features Swahili prominently? What can go wrong? <laughs> and now let's move on to our countdown segment, Five Golden Things. I spit on the phone. Gross. This story comes all the way from down under. In the... <laughs> Why do I do that? Stop it, Tim! Stop it! This story comes all the way from down under in the Werribee Open Range... Werribee? Werribee. So much Swahili in this episode, and I'm already tripping up on an Australian word. This does not bode well for the future! Clearly the cloud was divided... Clearly... Clearly the... Clearly the crowd was divided on this because the vote was a very narrow 53... Clearly the crowd was divided on this because the vote was a very narrow 53% to 47%. How did I get through all that Swahili and I can't say percent? I've been saying percent for a long time. I've been saying Swahili for about a day and a half. <laughs> Clearly the crowd was divided on this because the vote was a very narrow 53% to 47%. I did it again! <laughs> How do I say percent Swahili? Maybe I'll get it right that way. <laughs>